You're listening to Core Stories. I'm Emily Bruff, Communications Director at Otter Creek Church. Micah Redding dropped by recently to share how he became interested in bridging gaps and facilitating conversations between Christianity and the sciences. For anyone who's interested in finding practical ways to take on tough theological, social, and ethical questions in this age of technology, Micah is ready to engage. My name is Micah Redding. I kind of grew up um, as a preacher's kid in a lot of small churches all over the country. And um, so we lived from everywhere from Washington State to West Virginia. It's a lot of different kind of cultural um, spaces. And um, I ended up going to Fried Hardeman University in rural Tennessee, and I met my now wife there. And so we actually graduated and kind of went out into the world our, our separate ways. And uh, she ended up moving to Nashville. And a few years later, after a long distance relationship, uh, I ended up moving to Nashville too. And um, and so that's how I came here. And uh, eventually we discovered Otter Creek and uh, been here for, yeah, quite a few years now. So I work as a software developer. Uh, right now I'm a freelance software developer. I've worked for different agencies around town. I've uh, run the Entree Leadership Development Team at Dave Ramsey. Um, and so I've been able to work with a lot of different companies and City of Franklin, a lot of different interesting things. But that's kind of what I do is I just build software for, for different people. You know, I, I think for me, the biggest kind of moment in my faith was just when I first encountered the idea that um, all things converge, which is a, a, a way of saying that um, the material and the spiritual and the ethical and the artistic and all these things that are, make up our lives are not ultimately part of just different stories. They're all part of God's story that is moving towards a culmination. And so there's nothing in our lives that is outside of that, right? And when I first encountered that idea and encountered it in um, the Christian theologians I was, I was reading, um, it, it struck me so deeply because I realized that that was not the assumption so many people around me had been operating off of or had been given giving to me you know they had been doing good things in the world but they hadn't ultimately seen all of those good things as connected to the same story and for me to be able to say okay these are all part of the same story meant that everything in my life could have meaning and that was huge liberating um, idea for me. It changed the way I thought about what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and who I was. And um, it gave me hope. Um, and, you know, as, as a teenager, you go through all kinds of different, you know, feelings and, and questions and all that. And to be able to say, you know, there is a future where all of these things can find meaning and find a place was a vast significance to me as I'm growing up in different places, some of which are fantastic, some of which are really rural and remote and I feel very alone, some of which, you know, all over the, the map, all of those different emotions, I was able to find hope and faith. And where many of my friends 
um, went through a loss of faith. I never totally did because I knew that all these things could connect. It wasn't two different stories, three different stories, something like that. I knew that this was God's story and that at least I had the hope that all of these things were part of the same thing. Working in software, um, it's it's really interesting because the kind of mindset of people in the software world is often very different than the, the mindset of people elsewhere. And, um, and you kind of get the opportunity to see these different ways of looking at at the world and different ways of of um, of asking and answering questions about how things work and what we're doing. And so, if you kind of encounter a website, you might think of it as you know something that looks a certain way and it operates a certain way. We know when we go to Amazon how it's going to to look and work, but a software developer sees it in a very different way. And that kind of um, process of translating between um, the a software developer has to do between what you're doing in code and kind of what you're talking to with the business team and with your bosses and with your clients and customers and all this, that process of translating between two different worlds is kind of really at the core of what I do. I try to um, find ways to translate between uh, in my kind of world of, of, of what I spend all my other time on, I uh, try to translate between the world of faith and the world of science and technology. And um, that, that's kind of deeply ingrained for, for me, that process. It's difficult for everybody involved, but um, it's a really important thing. So a lot of the conversations that I have um, with people are one of two things, either someone who is kind of struggling with their faith and questioning it and trying to understand whether it makes sense in a kind of rational, scientific, technological world. Um, and the other, other kinds of conversations I have are with people who are coming from a very secular perspective, trying to understand how somebody could have faith at all, where that fits, how you could kind of be in the modern world and still hold on to that. And so those, those, I have both of those kinds of conversations all the time. And um, one of the biggest things that uh, where this plays out is when we do start to talk about some of the scientific and technological developments that are happening right now that sound like science fiction, that sound like things that are way in the future, but they're actually being really invested in. And as soon as you engage in those, in thinking about those things, you start to realize, oh, this is about the future of our society. This is about the future of our ourselves and our children and uh, and the, our species. And and then you. Um, when you start to talk about it that way, you realize these are questions of values, these are questions of ethics, and these are questions ultimately of faith. And so when I walk down that kind of path with people, whether they're coming from a secular perspective or coming from a Christian perspective, we often kind of get to that light bulb moment where the secular person says, oh, I see why faith actually matters. because." you guys are trying to answer some of these big questions that I'm also trying to answer. 
Um, I just didn't have the language for it. I just didn't have the way of talking about that. And coming from a position of faith where maybe, you know, you've questioned or felt challenged about whether faith has any real relevance to the modern world. All of a sudden, by looking at some of these big picture questions about our future, the challenges that we face, um, you really do see that some of these things really come alive. And it can um, bring alive everything from, from just regular ethics to kind of biblical stories to all kinds of stuff. I So growing up, um, in the, the churches of Christ, one of the biggest things that I kind of picked up both from my parents and from my Sunday school teachers was this idea that I needed to study for myself, that I had a responsibility to make my faith my own. And, um, and I saw this as we were kind of moving around from church to church in these different places, that every church kind of saw it a little bit differently. And I knew that my parents saw it a little bit differently than their parents and their parents and their parents. And so I knew that I had a responsibility and an example of people who had gone into things, looked into them for their, themselves and come out with a, a better understanding and a better faith. And so I took that really seriously. And that led me as a young person to be a real problem child for my Sunday school teachers a lot of times. Um, but um, what it led me to was to study science and philosophy and technology and theology and all these things as a young teenager. And I pretty quickly started wondering, am I going to become an atheist? because everybody else looking around, everybody else who was reading those things was becoming an atheist too. And um, so I maintained that interest in science and technology and all those things, but that struggle to see how do these worldviews fit together, um, which posed a real challenge for me as a young person through, um, through like reading the work of C.S. Lewis and later people like N.T. Wright and G.K. Chesterton and so forth, I kind of got plugged into a larger uh, part of the Christian tradition, which talked about how the resurrection of Christ means that the physical world matters, that our bodies matter, that creation is good and is something that we are to work in and, and that God is working to renew. And as soon as I realized that, I knew that science and technology had to be a part of the Christian faith. It couldn't just be this separate domain. It actually had to be deeply integrated. And so ever since then, I've been trying to um, engage in that conversation. And what I quickly realized in engaging the secular people who are pursuing some of these scientific and technological projects was that they um, many of them had come from a faith background, had lost that because all they had been exposed to was an escapist religion that wasn't invested in the material world, that wasn't invested in making things better. And they were trying to find a way to plug into um, the world and do something that mattered um, while holding on to some of those visions and some of the images that they had picked up from uh, their faith background. And so trying to connect that for them and reconnect some of those dots and put those things back together has been kind of my passion ever since. 
when when I enter into those conversations, um, a lot of times people have huge stereotypes, right? Here's what people of faith look like. Here's what they think. Here's what they are doing. Um, and um, and conversely, people of faith have huge stereotypes about scientists and, and people who are pursuing really ambitious projects in the world. And um, so the first thing is just to kind of acknowledge those, those stereotypes, acknowledge that they come from um, real experiences that people have really had. You know, people have had terrible experiences with people of faith and communities of faith. And, you know, and I've had many of those experiences. Um, but so the next thing is just to talk about what we actually care about, what we actually value. And almost everyone who is um, seriously engaged in the world in some way really cares about our future. You know, that's whether they think about the kind of future of the planet and, and um, environmental concerns, whether they're thinking about the future of, um, you know, our society in terms of ethics and values. You know, everybody's concerned about something, about, you know, is the next generation going to be okay? You know, is, is uh, in my future, am I going to be okay? Are my children going to be okay? And, and so forth. Where's our, our nation and our society and our community going? And as soon as you can talk about that, then we have a basis on which to say, what if we could aim at the best possible future, a future that um, was actually good for everybody, was a blessing to the entire world, Right? What would that need? What would it look like? And then when you get into those conversations, you realize, well, it would need the best of our science. It would need the best of our technology. It would need the best of our art, the best of our philosophy, the best of our theology. And um, all of our selves would have to be put into that. And that's when you can start to say, okay, here's how Christians, non-Christians, people of all kinds of different places on the spectrum can start to work together, start to understand each other better, and start to reconcile some of those tensions and differences. You know, what I've found over the last several years is that people really do care and really do um, want to get involved in these things, and they have these kinds of questions, and we see it in every Netflix show, Black Mirror, uh, Altered Carbon, everything that's coming out is essentially... um, asking big ethical questions about our future in these kind of artistic ways, right? And so a lot of the questions that we're having, we can see happening around us right now um, in social media, right? Um, and people think like questions of AI and and plugging things into our brain and all this kind of stuff are futuristic concerns, but they're actually concerns that are happening right now. When um, when I'm talking on Facebook with my family or friends, there's an algorithm in between us that is determining what they see, what I see, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we don't think about that, but we've we've brought into our social world these algorithms, these AIs. Um, that are shaping our character and shaping our our choices and what we're exposed to and and so forth. So those kinds of questions are really pressing questions for our society right now. And people, I think, are picking up on those even if they're not able to articulate them. Sometimes um, science fiction and stories are ways we articulate some of those things when we're not quite sure what to call them. so all these, all these tensions, all these ethical concerns are, 
um, all around us. They are they're um, really a significant part of our life. And what I found is that people are looking for ways to engage and talk with Christians and people of faith and who are serious about these things and who are willing to kind of, um, with humility, enter into those those conversations and have them. And so that led me last year to um, organize the uh, first Christian transhumanist conference um, that we held at Lipscomb um, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, people came from all over the world. Uh, we had people come from Singapore um, here, and we had film crews and all this kind of stuff because Christians engaging in these kinds of conversations is such a rarity that people want to be involved. They want to see it. They want to be a part of it, whether they're from a faith background or not. And um, we had people come who were very definitely atheist and agnostic who just wanted to uh, see Christians engage with these things in a meaningful way. So that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to do now is to create these spaces, create these conferences where people can, um, to, can actually have those real conversations with real people in a kind of embodied space. And that's what I hope to spend the next several years doing is just kind of building a building local communities around these kinds of questions. Transhumanism is a um, huge uh, question mark for most people and for good reason. Um, but basically it's a uh, movement of people who want to use science and technology to transform the human condition in some way. And so this is a movement coming from the secular world where people are trying to engage in, in these kinds of questions, which are ultimately ethical questions, um, and they're trying to put a term on it. And so coming from a faith background, I want to connect with them and use the term that they're using and, so that we can create that bridge. And so the Christian Transhumanist Association is such a strange uh, term for people in the Christian Transhumanist Conference, but what we're doing is we're creating a space where people of faith and people from a very secular engagement with these questions can actually come together. Um, and um, and it's, it's a challenge for people from both sides, right? We all have to kind of enter into that conversation with humility and willingness to allow ourselves to be challenged or else it's not a conversation. My, my hope um, over the next several years, decades, whatever, is that we create a space for the billions of people of faith in the world to um, meaningfully and productively enter some of these conversations about humanity's future. And I feel like um, right now, the people who are most engaged in these projects, people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Google and all these big companies and people who are pouring billions of dollars into efforts to really reshape our planet and, and our species and our future, um, are mostly not conversant with the world of faith, right? And vice versa. And I think that's just a bad recipe. That's not a good future for any of us because there are so many things that we, um, as a broad, diverse, uh, multifaceted world, really need to bring to the table, right? Um, and so I think um, from a that you know, billions of Christians have an opportunity to engage in these kinds of conversations. And that's one of my biggest things. And the second one is just that people who 
are coming from a background of faith, much like I was as a young person, who are wondering um, not necessarily if science disproves God, but maybe if science makes faith irrelevant, are able to see, okay, here's a way that faith actually is really significant, really needed, and really a big part of our world. And if I can create the space for people to have those kinds of experiences and to be able to reconnect with their faith in stronger terms, then um, I'll consider it to be a, a huge success. Over the years, um, I've had so many conversations with people who um, essentially said, you're a Christian, I know what you're about, you don't belong here. Because here was a place where people were trying to engage and make the world better. And from the outside, we don't always see it that way. We say, okay, you're a you know, niche group of people who are pursuing your own kind of projects, and maybe the rest of us don't feel good about that. But from within, they are trying to do something good, you know, and they are trying to bring the resources that they have available to, to make that happen. And so then I would kind of step into those conversations as, as a Christian and try to show up and... Um, and say, you know, uh, religion is not as bad as you've heard. <laughs> it doesn't have to be what you've heard. It can be something positive and contributing. And a, a lot of those people have said to me, you know, we've seen Christians. We know. We, we've, we know that what you're doing, what you're saying, is not really part of what Christians are about because we know what Christians are about. And that's been a... Um, you know, like recurring conversation over the years, because so many people have had terrible experiences with Christians of various sorts. And to be able to start to cultivate a community um, where people of faith are saying something positive and productive about our future and aren't just kind of theorizing about it, but are also talking about how we can apply this in our lives and how we can um, really put our efforts and our passions into these things. It's, I think, um, for many of the people I've talked to, it's a huge kind of testimony to them that says, okay, maybe faith is something uh, a bit different than we've expected. And um, that's just in the last few years of, of putting these kinds of things together, that has opened so many doors to where um, I have very secular people approaching me and saying, okay, I want to understand more about um, how you think through these things and how uh, a position of faith speaks into this stuff. Because as soon as you kind of show up as a productive, contributing member of the conversation, the conversation changes. And so for me, you know, this is this is the huge thing. It, uh, um, we're doing our second conference um, here this fall, and um, and we'll do the the third conference after that, and the fourth conference. And um, this is I see this becoming a space where people are able to come ask those questions and um, really change their perception. And, um, and I think the more we involve in that, ourselves in that, the, the more um, 
real possibility for change we create. Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org stories or follow us on Instagram at Otter Creek Church.